Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. On today's episode, we have Hope Nankunda Mijuka joining us from Uganda. She is the founder and team leader at Raising Teenagers Uganda, which empowers girls and boys to achieve their dreams in life. We are so happy to have you here with us, Hope. Thank you for joining. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to see you, Hope, and we have so many questions for you. Hope, can you share the journey in starting Raising Teenagers, um, the organization that you founded? As soon as I started teaching, which was my, my, my primary profession, I found myself doing a lot of counseling with young girls and their parents who normally wanted someone to listen to them, understand their challenges, and give them some bit of guidance. I also watched some girls miss school, specifically for a few days every month. At first, I had not paid attention. I thought, oh, maybe they something is wrong, they didn't come, until I saw it being a routine. And I tried to talk to about two, three or four girls to ask them, one-on-one, why is it that every month there are these three, four days when you don't come to school? Why do you stay at home? And they were able to open up to me and tell me that uh, they have challenges with menstrual hygiene. Even some who could afford having sanitary pads were scared that what if they put on their pad and at school uh, something happens and they stain their dress by mistake. And this was a mixed school, so everyone is always on tension, or what will the boys say? So I, I realized that girls deal with so much that they don't even talk about. And because I was doing so much of counseling and guiding them, I chose to dis- make a decision to go back to school and do another degree in counseling psychology. So I returned to school after being in active teaching for five years. And when I went to different schools to seek for a vacancy to be a counselor, all the schools were saying, no, they don't have vacancies for counselors. It is not something they pay for. That The students can always be talked to by the senior woman teacher, you know. So they try to show that actually professional counseling is not called for. At some point, I lost hope. I was like, oh, why didn't I stay in teaching? Why did I have to divert? Now I don't have a job. That took about a year of struggle. I decided to go back to those schools and offer my service for free. They were very happy to have me because I didn't want money. 
And as soon as I started working with young people, talking to them in different groups, and the school could see the change in behavior, the girls being confident, trying to being active in class, now the schools were happy and excited. And they started referring me to other schools. Oh, if your children are having issues, please call Hope. She can talk to them. And that time now they could realize the value that was in my service. And I think that is when the issue became serious because now parents could see the change in behavior within their children. And they wanted to meet this, this counselor. Who is this hope? Who is this one talking to our girls? How come our girls and boys are more attached to impressing hope than the parents? Because in some situations, the, the children would be worried that they shouldn't have a bad report because they are worried they don't want to make me angry, but they're not worried about how the parents would feel. And I try to now connect with parents and talk to them and say, you know, if you are a friend to these young people, they normally don't want to disappoint a friend. So if they tell you they won't do something wrong because they could get me angry, it's because I have told them the value of friendship and how we are supposed to support each other to keep happy. And of course, as days went by, now the demand was more. And they would look for me, hope, where are you? Can I bring my daughter? Can I bring my son? But remember, I'm not earning a salary, so I don't have an office. I don't have an organization. It's hope. After meeting parents, talking to all of them, now you get like 10 who want to meet you one-on-one. -on -one. And now this time I had to plan and say I need to start an organization and be organized. And that is when Raising Teenagers came into existence. You are so committed to ending child marriage. And I wonder what in your story has made you so passionate about ending child marriage? One key issue that really determined what I would grow up to do or how I would change the community around me was watching my little sister uh, become a victim of teenage pregnancy at the age of 14. It was so painful. She was a very tiny girl, but I watched her almost die while giving birth. And she has to take care of her baby. She has to even leave school for some moments. Watching her go through that situation was a challenge for me. And I realized that I needed to ensure that she goes back to school. Every time I think about her situation, I wonder about so many other young girls who go through so many different challenges. The causes of teenage pregnancies are so many. Sometimes girls will lack uh, basic needs, uh, including menstrual materials. And some men who have access to some money will take advantage of the situation and sleep with these girls and get them pregnant and cut short their future and their dreams. So it was such at such a time at that that I decided to 
think about other girls out there, not necessarily related to me, but as long as they are challenged and maybe want someone to talk to them, to guide them, to support them, to assure them that no matter the challenges they face today, there is a future and there is hope. And I think that's one important thing that has made me get into ending child marriage and teenage pregnancy, because it is one issue that is killing the future of millions of girls and when I see that girls are able to go to school my hope is 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 that all of them can achieve their full potential and be able to be happy as girls as 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 young women so that is what I drove me into working for girls and specifically looking at ending child marriage mm. Such an inspiration, Hope, and how appropriate your name is <laughs> because you, <laughs> you have brought hope to so many girls and boys and, and their families. When you were a girl uh-huh. and you were looking for encouragement, who encouraged you to believe in yourself? I, I moved to stay with my uncle at an age of six. And I stayed in that home until I graduated. And uh, they paid my school fees. They enabled me to fulfill my dream in education. And I think it explains why I always value education, not only for those who are related to me, but also those who I don't even know, because I watched my uncle educate so many children that he wasn't uh, related with. I saw many children come to him to pick school fees, to get scholastic materials, and He always told me that if you want to change the world, you must be educated. Unfortunately, my uncle passed on just three months after my wedding, but I thank God that he was able to see me through school. When we were at school, I think one thing that always kept me encouraged are the motivational speakers that would come. And they would talk to us about life in the city. You're seeing these people coming from very smart. They are working in big offices and they are coming to tell you, don't give up, stay in school. Those people, they kept me encouraged. And I think they are one of the, the groups or the settings that also motivated me to do what I do today. And every time I go to schools and I'm talking to young people, I always tell them, uh, do you know me? They say, no, we don't know you. Did you think you'd see me today? No, I, we, we didn't even think we'd see you in life. And I said, okay, so pay attention to my words. Because someone like me changed uh, my life many years ago because they came to our school to talk to us. Now I'm here to talk to you. So pick something. And if you pick that one something, you can use it to change the life of another person you'll meet in the future. So I must say that those, those motivational speakers or role models that go to schools were very, very key for me in my life. And of course, I had a family that... Uh, kept me encouraged as well. My aunties, my uncles, when we were growing up, there was a lot of respect for community leaders and and family members. Uh, If you did something wrong and a different relative met you, they could easily punish you and you'd not even report anywhere. 
So that alone, being accountable to all your family members also empowered me and gave me an assurance that I can't let these people down. They're all looking at me to become a better person so that the work I have to do is indeed become that better person they want to see. Most of the women that I know experience doing so much for others because they are inspired to do for others and then doing less for themselves. What one bit of advice would you give us all? I think the advice I would give all the women out there that are doing so much for others is that, yes, we celebrate you, we see you, we love you, we cheer you on, but it is not possible to give what we don't have. It is important that we create time for ourselves. It can be a specific time during a month when you say, this time I am not into office work. It's about me. It's about my family. It's about being a better person as me and taking care of myself. I think it's one thing that is is not given attention by so many women leaders, but yet it is so much needed because many are breaking up. There's a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety, especially where you work so hard and maybe even fellow women uh, try so hard to bring you down or they, they show you that you're actually not doing much. We have so much of that in the women's movements. Many people try to pull other down. So I want to cheer up everyone out there doing something that is creating a difference in the lives of others that yes, it is important, it is good, but we must not forget ourselves. We must value uh, our our immediate people who are in our homes. We must take care of our own well-being as opposed to only thinking about uh, the work that we do. That is wisdom. I love what you just said. Um, It's not possible to give what you don't have. Uh, That's Thank you. I needed to hear that. <laughs> uh, so, Hope, how, how can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? I think one important issue here is to first assure each and every woman and girl out there that they are special, they are unique, and they have a voice and that they can use to change their own lives, to change the lives of those around them. I think uh, my word to them would be to believe in themselves because sometimes we want to talk about some issues, but you're like, oh God, will they understand me? Will they understand what I'm trying to mean? Like we try to judge ourselves even before we do the little that we can. I want to assure them that there is nothing wrong with using your voice to encourage another person to be a better person, to encourage another person to hang in there and believe in the dreams that they have. Because sometimes our neighbors are dealing with so much and all they need to hear is someone to tell them that it is well. You can do it. 
So if you can't say that statement to your neighbor, to your friend, to your child, you could actually lead that that neighbor or that child of yours to a deeper ditch because all they wanted to hear was your voice assuring them that they can do it. They can become whatever they want to be. So let's use our voices to change the world and make it a better place for all the young people, for all the young girls, and for all the women in the world. Hope, this conversation has been so inspiring. Um, Just thank you for sharing parts of your story and for the incredible work that you do to truly inspire and um, bring hope to the lives of, of young girls and boys and really everybody that you meet. So thank you for taking the time to be with us today. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for making the time to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Hope I add my sincere thanks as well. I am so inspired by so many of the things that you have said. And I especially love your message about the importance for all of us of encouraging others to believe in their dreams. Thank you, Yodit. And we also send a big thanks out to Lisa Dijavine, who is the co-producer and editor. Hope, many thanks. Thank you so much for having me. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino. And Yodit Kifle-Smith. Signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.